Wealthy, reclusive, dangerous. Emerson LeBlanc doesn't enter society much. He only ventures out in pursuit of new art for his collection. It starts with a haunting painting, then he meets the artist. Innocent Daphne Morelli is more exquisite than anything he has ever seen. He becomes obsessed with her. It doesn't matter that she's a living, breathing person with her own hopes and dreams. She'll be the perfect addition to his collection. That's Dark Rain by Amelia Wilde. It's live now on November 9th. Go grab it. Welcome back. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome back to the second installment of My Ex-Girlfriend's Brother by Harlow Lane. We've got a Here sexy Leave mail- Me Romance podcast. Yes. We've got the sexy <laughs> mail mail for you this week. So we're just doing you dirty. Um, with that, I've got some excellent lady listener emails that I culled out today, so brace yourselves. I'm ready. This one is called Entitled Challenge Accepted. Hi ladies, so I binged on this week's story and I heard my email on unknown and I heard an email on unknown kinks and wanted details on some of the shit I've done in public. Well, challenge accepted, but first a little background on a proposal story. The hubby and I met our junior year in high school when we started sitting uh, when we started sitting with a group of my friends. He was friends with one of my friends. I'm rather shy, so I didn't speak to him for the first three months of school. Well, maybe a high and by, but I doubt it. Anyway, since we've been together for so long, he was my first and my only sexual partner. We've explored each other in our bodies since forever. One of the most risky things we've done was one time we were coming home from a beach, from the beach with family, with his family. He and I were in the back seat of his parents' van with his brother sleeping next to us. Oh, God. Mm. It was dark. We were horny teenagers, and I blew him in the back seat <gasps> next to his sleeping brother with his parents driving us home. I do too. Fucked up. This is so fucking dirty. I love it. He's also gotten me off on the school bus on the way home from a field trip. Ah, yes, fun times. Our engagement story is pretty damn funny too. I was living across the country for a time, but we would always talk on the phone. One of the things he does is say my birthday wrong. He knows when my birthday is. He just wants to fuck with me. Anyway, we were on the phone one night, and he said my birthday was May 20th. My birthday is March 20th. Growling at him, I, growling at him, I, something to the effect, uh, I said something to the effects of March 20th. Why don't we get married on May 20th? That, so, that's, so that on an M20 month, you can just get me a generic card that says, I love you, and I'll be happy. He said, okay. And I said, okay, what? And he said, okay, let's get married on May 20th. We looked on the calendar, and the next year, May 20th fell on a Saturday. So that was that. The next day, we announced we were engaged, and I moved back home to start wedding planning shortly after. He picked me up from the airport and gave me a ring on the way down the escalator. Almost 19 years later, we are still crazy and crazy about each other. He's my best friend and soulmate, and I knew that I was in love when I didn't get tired of him. Did I mention I'm an introvert and get overwhelmed by people and spending too much time with them? 
<laughs> I won't say her name just in case. P.S. To answer your question, I started talking to him after I started crying at lunch one day because of something that had happened earlier in the day. I was sick and probably losing my first trio in choir. I was super embarrassed. I hated crying and hate crying in public more, especially for crying in front of him because he was super nice and not judgy. So he was okay. Fun fact, he asked me out a few months later in a note that he passed to me after lunch and I had to wait an entire class before finding out the answer. Keep up the great work. Love the podcast. That's so sweet. I love that. That is dirty, by the way. That's dirty. The blowjob <laughs> with the sleeping brother next to them? That's fucked up. Damn. I don't know. I remember doing some makeout sessions in high school. Remind me to tell you. When people. Yeah. I was going to say. Where people are close. Remind me to tell you some really fucked up shit when this podcast is over. <laughs> Speaking of that. <laughs> All right, this is not so elaborate proposal. My proposal story is not so elaborate, but kind of funny. I actually booked our wedding venue before we even talked about marriage. We had been dating for about nine months, lived together for three, and my mom and I visited this farm that I loved. It was a really popular place to have a wedding and I booked up fast. I always knew I wanted to have a fall wedding and they just happened to have the date, 10-10, open for the next year. My then boyfriend likes the number of things lined up. So my then boyfriend likes when number of things line up like that. Oh my God. I like where this is going because it's my then boyfriend. I know. <laughs> so my mom and I put down a deposit. We joked that if it didn't work out with this guy, we could just have an awesome party. But I had a good feeling about him. So that night, I go home and tell my boyfriend, hey, just so you know, we're getting married next October, and I already put a deposit down on the place, so you need to propose soon. He just said, okay, like it was a totally normal thing. For the next two months, I was waiting for him to propose, and nothing. At one point, my sister let it slip that she went with him to look for rings, but still, nothing for weeks after that. Every so often, I'd flat out say, hey, you need to propose soon, and he would just respond with, yeah, I know. Then in the middle of December, we started looking to buy a house. We both worked at the same place, but he worked 10-hour shifts and I worked 8, so we could never drive together. But one night, we ended up getting home at the same time around midnight. We parked in the gravel parking lot. In the, we parked in the gravel parking that had no lighting. It was fucking freezing, and I get out of my car and say, Hey, I've got a great idea. Let's drive by the houses we like after work tomorrow so we can see how the neighborhoods are late at night. He gets something out of the trunk and says, I've got a better idea, then proceeds to kneel down in front of me on the freezing gravel, and I assume he proposed, but I don't know because I just totally blacked out. I have no clue what he said from the moment he got on his knee to the moment he said, so are you going to say something? But he assures me it was super romantic and eloquent. (laughs) I screamed yes, grabbed the ring box, and sprinted into our apartment building so I could see it. <laughs> Literally the only time my fat ass has run that fast. <laughs> we just celebrated our 10th anniversary last October, and it's been a hell of a ride. Infertility, job loss, infertility, job loss cancer, a surprise baby, thanks to the Alexa Riley breeding series, and my last good egg. We've been through everything together, and I wouldn't change anything about any of it, even the super unromantic proposal in the middle of the night in a gravel parking lot with no lights and me not remembering anything he said. Sorry that ended up being super long. No need to keep my name out of it. I'm proud to be a pushy bitch that pressured my hubby to propose. Brandy. 
Oh. I love that. I thought she was gonna say she got another man when she said my then boyfriend. I was like, Wait, she's gonna change it out and keep the change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just keep recycling until we get the one we like. <laughs> this one's entitled Proposal Story and Wedding Story. Hi, lady podcasters. So I have two stories for you. First, our proposal. We met in March 2007 and I moved in with him by May. We knew fairly soon we were where we were headed. The following summer, we looked at rings and picked one out. One night, we went downtown Greenville, South Carolina. Dude, that's my hometown. To have dinner and walk around. This wasn't unusual for us, so I wasn't tipped off. But every time he tried to stop, unbeknownst to me, to propose, I'd grab his arm and pull him along to look at other stuff. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Let's go. (laughs) This is some shit I do. (laughs) Finally, we left without him doing the deed. When we got home, I was watching TV, and he was in the computer room. He called for me, and I said, just a minute, but got called up watching Criminal Minds, probably. (laughs) I love it. Little did I know he was on one knee waiting for me, LOL. He told me later that that was the plan for the night, and I felt terrible. He finally proposed later that week, and of course, I said yes. We were married March 2009, exactly two... I was married in April 2009. Is this me? Um, We were married March 2009, exactly two years to the day after we met and are still going strong. Gosh, that's so weird. I was two years to the day, too. Now for the wedding. We had a freaking blast. People still talk about it. But after almost four hours, the the hotel told us to pay more or get the fuck out. So (laughs) my new husband, his parents, and myself ended up at the Blind Horse Saloon, the local honky-tonk. No shit. I know where this... I've been to this bar. Okay, I'm going to sidebar real quick. The Blind Horse Saloon is like something you would see in a fucking movie if you were like, let's have a girls night out at this like honky tonk slash coyote ugly slash bull riding slash square dancing place. And it's wall to wall 500 people. Jesus. I'm telling you, I've had epic fucking nights on this. I have pictures somewhere in this house of me on this bar dancing. (laughs) I don't want to know how many clothes were on or not on. Anyways, (laughs) this place is awesome. Okay, sorry, sidebar. Still dressed in our wedding finery, we did the honky, we did the hokey pokey on stage that's normally reserved for birthdays, and they played a song for just the two of us to dance to. The highlight of the night, though, was when we were sitting down and some drunk kid came from the smoking area. He looked at us and asked in a drunk voice, Wow, did y'all get married? Wow, Captain Obvious. <laughs> then he told my hus- hubby he wanted to shake his hand. And my husband asked why. And he said, because your wife has big tits. <laughs> Again, thank you, Captain Obvious. Still one of the best nights. And our friends still talk about our wedding to this day. I love listening to y'all. And it makes my commute so much more enjoyable. Hey. Oh, my God. That was great. Oh, man, that's a fucking blind horse, man. That just took my ass back. Wow. I'm having PTSD on that right now. (laughs) All right. This one's entitled Love the Podcast. Good morning from a lady listener. I love the podcast and have been telling all of my friends to subscribe immediately. Thank you. We appreciate that. And if you're listening, tell a friend to subscribe. They love the super hot romance novels and one and wonderful, hilarious women who cut through the bullshit and tell it like it is. That's 
that's us, have <laughs> relayed many of your stories that you have told to friends and family, including some of the lady listener emails that have been shared on the podcast. I know that has convinced many to subscribe. I wanted to share a couple of my personal experiences with you. My husband is super supportive of my romance obsession. I read all types of books from sweet wife excuse me, sweet YA romance to fantasy romance to hardcore BDSM to menage, and he always supports everything I read. I will share sweet, funny passages with him, uh, as well as some of the hot, steamy ones, too. He went with me to see all three Fifty Shades movies and was asked why at the fire station. Yep, he's a firefighter, ladies, because he proudly told the guys at the fire station, the firehouse, what movie he went to that weekend. Their response was, you let your wife go to the movies like that? His response is always, number one, I don't let my wife do anything. She is a grown woman with her own mind and she can do whatever she wants. We are partners in our marriage and we don't dictate what each other can do. Second, he didn't just we he didn't just we the movies. Oh, he he didn't just see the movies. He read the books too, and I reap the benefits. Um, he reads romance novels of all types, and if they oh, and he says, he said my wife reads romance novels of all type, and they make her hot and happy. Then I get to be the one to enjoy it in the bedroom. The support of my husband is everything that I do is amazing, and I love him more every day. We will be celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary in June this year, and we dated nine years prior to getting married. Oh, my gosh. So this was in 2019. So this is, like, been married 26-plus years now. Um, Never living together before the wedding. Holy shit, they dated nine years before moving in together. I think That's the mutual, nuts. yeah, I think the mutual respect we have for each other and the deep consuming love you find in romance novels is the foundation that has made our marriage work. Second, you have to talk about how some people will look down on you for writing and or reading romance. I have experienced that myself and I was embarrassed to actually let people know what I like to read when I started working at my job five years ago. I was a school teacher for 16 years, then switched careers to teach computer at the county library. I am not a librarian and felt that if the people that I worked with knew that I read mostly romance books, they will think I was not intelligent or look down on me. At work, I would only read on my Kindle reader or or read YA or technology books so that no one would know about my obsession with romance. Add in the fact that I'm dyslexic and I was a writer of Twilight fan fiction. Again, is this me? (laughs) And you can imagine how my self-esteem was at work. Even though I have a bachelor's in education with, okay, this is not me, with a mathematics minor and a master's in education and instructional technology, I still let my insecurities about my learning disabilities and my love of romance make me feel insecure around my peers. I finally came out of my shell with the YA librarian and found that there was no judgment, and we are now really good friends. By the way, she is the one that told me about your podcast. Everyone at work knows what I read, what I listen, and that I listen to romance on the podcast and audiobooks, and that I have dyslexia. I actually write a monthly romance newsletter for the library system now. The physical book has to be on the shelf, and that ties in my hands to in and that ties in my hands and not in the fun way. <laughs> I'm 50 years old, work full-time in a library, have an amazing husband and two child, two adult children. I love the Houston Astros, have my own web and graphic design company on the side. I'm writing my first novel, have dyslexia, and love romance. With all of that said, I hope that this 
that this last thing does not make you all hate me. I can't stand Harry Potter. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a twilight through and through, but I do respect that you love Harry Potter. I just never could get into the books or the movies. Melissa, go Astros. Take it back. <laughs> that was so sweet. And you know what? Like, it's okay. I forgive you. And Harry Potter's not for everybody. Neither is Twilight, but I get it. But I totally understand what she's saying about, like, being careful about who you tell, you know, yeah. on what to read romance. It's like, I don't know that. I mean, I've been doing this for so long. I'm not embarrassed by it. But I have this feeling that romance is so important to me that it doesn't get shared with everybody. You know, like, if I don't think someone's going to appreciate it, then I'm not going to share that with them. Yeah, I'm not going to share that passion with you and get excited about it because you're not going to understand it or respect it. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to respect it. You're going to make fun of it or you're going to look down on me and my intelligence because of it then yeah, you don't get that part of me. And it sucks because that's a really great part of me. But Mm -hmm. again, it's not that I'm embarrassed of it. I have just come to realize after years of being in this romance community as a reader, as a writer, that there is just so much judgment outside those doors. Like, it's not necessary. You know, it's not, I'm, I'm proud of this. I'm proud of what I do. But it's not, you know, it's not for everybody. And that's okay. Yeah. So I love that she shared that. I've got one more email. It's a little bit long, but I'm going to read it and then we'll get to Harlow's stuff. High school sweetheart story. I don't know what this is, but the title got me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to print that one. Subject. Hi, ladies. First, let me say I love the podcast and you keep me majorly entertained. Um... A few weeks ago, you asked for someone to be your best friend, and I'm here for you. So much of what you say, I just nod to myself and say, same, including the sex towel. <laughs> so I guess you've been <laughs> towel down for sex. And with that, I guess this email is now anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm writing because I just finished the Between Us and Forever week, and you guys were talking about high school sweethearts. I decided to share my story of me and my husband. We met when we were both 12. To this day, he can tell you what I was wearing the first time he ever saw me. Since I don't remember, I have to take his word for it, but he's pretty confident, so I believe him. We were very close friends, and he made it absolutely clear that he wanted to be more, but I resisted until we were 17. I shared my first slow dance, 13 years old, and first real kiss, 15 years old, both before I would agree to be his girlfriend. He was, to put it mildly, a bit of a teenage man whore. I dated a boy off and on for a couple of years before him in high school, and this drove him crazy. The fact that he was getting around like a hula hoop, thus making him a giant hypocrite, has always been lost on him. See, this is like that men are stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our first kiss happened at school. Because he's like, they didn't mean nothing they didn't to me. They didn't mean nothing to me. You were out there Yep. Our first kiss happened at school. We had an after school club we were both members of, and I had walked with him to his locker to get something. The members of the club were the only people left in the building, and they were all in the classroom where we were supposed to meet. That day had felt so different. We were both extra flirty, which was rare for me, as I generally tried not to lead him on. I was leaning against the locker next to his, and he slowly leaned in. I thought he was going to kiss me, but instead, he kissed my cheek. He 
He lingered with his lips pressed against my skin, and he pushed my hair back behind my ear. It was by far the sexiest moment I've ever had experienced, and now, 23 years later, it is still at least in the top five. Neither of us acknowledged this and started walking to the classroom. We made it to the stairwell, and we both just stopped and looked at each other. The next thing I know, we were kissing. Since Leah is Southern, I feel like she will appreciate my description of we went to town on each other's mouths to describe this. <laughs> to this day, we argue over which one of us initiated the kiss. It was totally him, though. <laughs> She's writing this email, so we're on your side, girl. Um, one day, about a year or so after the kiss, I was at his house with a bunch of our friends, and he pulled me into his room. He told me that me not being his girlfriend was driving him crazy, that I was the last thing he thought about before he went to sleep and the first thing he thought about when he woke up. He said he'd woken up sick before and dragged himself to school because he didn't want to miss a chance to see me, and that was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. He looked me straight in the eyes the whole time and held my hands. Still, somehow, I resisted. And I get it. If this were a movie, this would be the moment that I'd be screaming, wake up, you dumb bitch. (laughs) Can you see that teenage boy just wants to get their dicks wet? And this is the real thing. But my reasoning, and I told him so, was the fact that he was constantly dating a new girl. I really felt like that if his feelings were real, that he shouldn't want to be with anyone else. He took this as a challenge and stopped dating other girls. About six or so months into his quote-unquote drought, a tornado came through our city. Our neighborhoods were hit, and when we got power back at my house, I saw on the news that his street had a ton of damage. I started trying to call him and could not reach him. After a couple of hours of not being able to get in touch with him, I was hysterical. When he finally called me back, he told me that he was fine and he had just been eating Cheetos in the bathtub and waiting for the lights to come back on. Mm -hmm. It finally, finally hit me. I was in love with this boy and probably had been all along. I confessed this to him two days later. And seriously, when I read any story where the hero looks at the heroine in awe, it hits me right in the chest because I've experienced this look and there's not much better. We've been together ever since. One of his exes even told me how much she used to hate me because when she was with him, he basically told her not to get attached because he was just having fun until he was able to be with me. Since then, he has become the first and only boy I ever slept with, the first boy and only probably I'll ever marry. I joke a lot about him being my first husband and the father of my six-year-old boy. We've grown up together, supported each other through careers, made a home, and built a life. We have our ups and downs like any other couple, but we are a team. Why am I crying right now? Why is this getting to me? Oh, this is so sweet. The other day, I was walking through our foyer to go to the half bath we have on the main level of our house. I heard him call my name and told him, just a second. He called my name again, and I said, just a second. He called my name again, and I walked out of the bathroom with my pants unbuttoning, grumbling about the right to pee in peace. I looked up to find him looking down at me from the landing, obviously grumpy. I muttered, what? He just smiled at me and shook his head a little and said, I just like to look at you. Aww. I love to read romance, but mine is always my favorite. Like, I don't know why I'm crying at this. This is so sweet. Uh, sorry for how long this is, but I wanted to do it justice. You guys are the best. Thanks. 
Um, she puts her name, you, but you know, call me Betty or something because of the sex towel. <laughs> yes, I've attached my favorite photo, my favorite ever photo of my little family, so you can see just who you, just who took up all your time. Oh, it's so sweet. I'll send it to you. Ah, uh, that was so freaking cute. I love that. Oh, that was worth it. Such a good story. <sighs> Let's talk about Harlow. <laughs> All right, so we've got the second installment for Harlow Lane, my ex-girlfriend's brother, this hot, sexy male male. Um, don't forget to enter her enter to win her $25 giveaway, um, this Amazon gift card this week. Um, and also she's got a new release under her pen name, Ella Cade. It's called First Down, and that comes out on November 18th. So be sure and check that out as well. So we're going to put all of this good info in the show notes and everything like that. But we'll see you on the other side and tell you who we've got next week. Chapter 4 Cash I couldn't believe my Jordan was Cammie's Jordan. How had this become my life? How was I on the way to his home because I couldn't stand to look at my sister for a moment longer? When did Cammie become homophobic? I wasn't sure if it was a reaction to seeing Jordan or if she'd always felt that way. Grabbing my bag out of the passenger seat, I slung it over my shoulder and followed Jordan inside his house. Thanks for letting me stay the night here, I mumbled as I walked beside him. It was nice, really fucking nice for a guy who was only 24 years old. While I knew he was young, it wasn't until I knew who he was that I realized just how young. It's not a problem. Jordan moved through his living room and sat down on his couch looking at me. Are you okay? Honestly, I sighed. Not really. I just think I lost the last bit of family I had left. I moved to sit beside him. With my elbows resting on my knees, I hung my head. This was not how I saw my morning going after last night. Jordan's hand came to rest between my shoulder blades. The warmth emanating from him brought me a sense of peace. I'm sorry. It got me thinking about how my family would react. I turned my head to look at him. He looked so lost. Oh, yeah? They don't know you like both guys and girls? I'm not sure how into girls I am, though. I think the reason I stayed with Camilla for so long and let her get away with the shit she did was because I was struggling with my sexual identity. When I think about who I want to be in the future, my only intention is to be with men, and I'm not sure how my family will feel about that. All my life, I'd known I was gay, so I couldn't imagine trying to figure that out in my mid-twenties. I did know what it felt like to have your family not approve of you, though. After the shit show of this morning, I understood why he was worried. Have they ever given you a reason to think they wouldn't be supportive? Uh, I can't say that they have, but when I was with your sister, he grimaced and pulled his hand away from me. I'm sorry, that's so weird to say. I won't blame you if you hate me. The way he looked at me let me know he didn't want me to hate him. He wanted a whole lot more. 
I don't, but I wouldn't blame you if you hated me after what she did to you. I couldn't believe Cammy had lied to me about why she ended up not getting married to him. I can promise you that I'm nothing like my sister. His gray eyes scanned my face before they locked into mine. I never thought you were. When I was with Camilla, my mom was always asking when she was getting some grandkids, and now... He shrugged. What am I supposed to say to her? That she's never going to be a grandma? It'll break her heart. You can't live your life as a lie just because your mom wants to be a grandmother one day. I bit my bottom lip, unsure if I should ask what I was about to ask. Do you... The real question is, do you want kids? Jordan jumped off the couch and started to pace the living room. He flapped his arms a couple of times. With each pass by, he looked at me with a troubled face. I did, but now I don't know. You know you can still have kids if you're with a man, right? I always thought if I met the right guy and he wanted kids, we'd adopt or get a surrogate. He stopped in the middle of the living room. You've thought about all of that? Yeah, I have. I may not be a woman with a biological clock ticking, but I am 36, and I don't want to be old and have to chase after a toddler when I'm gray. Jordan's eyes went wide at the mention of my age, making me chuckle. He moved to stand in front of me and ran the tips of his fingers along my jaw. You look damn good for 36 years old. I thought you were maybe 29, and the way you fucked me last night wasn't the way an old man fucks. Fuck you! I slapped his hand away. I'm not old. I mean, I'm older than you, but you make me sound like some geriatric. Nah, I'm not into old men. He moved to straddle me on the couch. I like hot guys with big dicks who own a bar. Reaching down, he pulled my semi out of my sweats and started stroking me. Do you make it a habit of fucking bartenders who give you free drinks? You're my first, he said against my parted lips. Fuck, his hand felt good. And only, I demanded, licking along the seam of his lips. He opened for me, rolling his tongue along mine. With his other hand, Jordan started to undo his shorts. Pushing his hand out of the way, I quickly unzipped his shorts and pulled out his cock. He took us in both of his hands, moving up and down. Placing one hand over his, I jerked us off along with him as I groaned into his mouth. Our hips moved in tandem, the way we moved, it was as if we'd always been together. I want to be inside you, I moaned as his thumb rubbed over the tip of my dick. I want that too, he panted. That was all I needed. I shifted, moving Jordan onto his back. Take off your shirt, I ordered as I stood, kicking off my shoes and sweats before I peeled off my own shirt and then Jordan's remaining clothes. Standing above him, I took in the dark hair covering his chest and down to where he was stroking his big cock. Grabbing my bag by the front door, I pulled out the condoms and lube I brought, 
unable to take my eyes off Jordan as he continued to touch and probe himself. He was as eager for me as I was for him. Kneeling on the couch, I poured lube on his fingers and hole as I put the condom on. Running my hands up the insides of his thighs, I dipped down, licking along his shaft. You fucking yourself with your fingers is hot, but I'd rather see my dick get sucked into your tight hole. Pulling out his fingers, Jordan grabbed my shaft and lined me up with his asshole. I watched as my dick was swallowed up by his body inch by inch. Jordan's hands went up to my hips as I slowly started to move. Fuck, you feel good, I groaned. Touch yourself. It turns me on beyond belief to watch you. I almost missed the feel of his hands on me, at least until one of his hands smoothed up his torso and he pinched his nipple between his fingers and the other hand wrapped around his cock and started to move. Jordan stared up at me like I was his long-lost savior, and when I hit his prostate, he let out the sexiest damn moan I'd heard in my entire life. He clenched around me so damn hard I felt my balls tighten and a tingle started to move down my spine. I picked up the pace, and with each thrust, he squeezed my cock. With only a few more strokes, I came the hardest I'd ever come in my life. I let my head fall back as stars dotted behind my eyes. Jordan's body jolted as he praised God, me, and a few expletives that I'd never heard before. Slowly, I slipped out before I fell beside him on the couch. I draped one arm and leg over Jordan. Leaning forward, I kissed the side of his neck. He ran one hand down my back and then up again. Do you want to talk about it? I shook my head. I want to bask in the bliss of my orgasm just a little while longer. Jordan turned on his side, and instantly we were intertwined. Yeah, I wouldn't mind taking a nap right now. He was silent for so long, I thought Jordan had fallen asleep until he spoke. I know this is early, but I can see this. He pointed back and forth between the two of us. We could be real. Oh, it's real, baby. Chapter 5 Jordan Two Weeks Later Cash had been staying at my place for the last two weeks. Not that I was complaining. It was the best two weeks of my life, but he hadn't mentioned Camilla or anything else going on in his life. He always deflected any mention of her with his mouth somewhere on me. Not that I minded in the moment. Soft lips brushed below my ear as his arms snaked around me. Will you come by the bar tonight after work? Unfortunately, I have to work. Again? I turned and slipped my hands up his shirt and ran my hands along his hot skin. You seriously need to fire that douchebag. I know, and I will the next time I see him. He rested his forehead on mine. 
Eventually, he'll show up wanting his paycheck. I cleared my throat. I'll come, but only if you can come with me to my parents' house this weekend. It wasn't until that moment that I had decided to travel back home for my dad's birthday, and I wanted cash with me. I'll have to make sure I have the most responsible employees working this weekend, but yeah, I'll go. Cash's hand gripped the side of my neck and ran his thumb along my pulse point. Am I going as your friend or lover? I was more nervous now than I was when I thought I was actually going to spend the rest of my life with Camilla. I wasn't sure how Cash would react to what I said next. How about you go as my boyfriend? A big smile spread across his handsome face and his green eyes lit up. I like the sound of that. You know you didn't need to be worried, right? I shrugged, looking down at our bare feet. We haven't really talked about anything since you left your house. While I'm happy you're here, I don't know where we stand. Shit, I made it sound like he should know our entire future in only two weeks. I sounded like a needy-ass bitch. Jordan, look at me, he demanded. I couldn't, though. I was in too deep in such a short amount of time, and now Cash knew it. Hey, he cooed, putting his fingers under my chin and lifting it slowly until our eyes met. What's going on with you? I like you, I blurted out. He gripped each side of my neck, and it instantly calmed my racing heart. Well, that's good, because... I like you too. I'm sorry, you don't need this. I pulled away and stared out the kitchen window and out to the pool. I don't expect you to know where we're going or what's going to happen between us. Life is full of uncertainties, but I can tell you one thing. When I think of my future, you're in it. I watched as his reflection in the window moved closer. He ran his hand down my back and stopped at the base of my spine. If you want me to leave so you can have some space, I can. I don't want you to go home. I like you here, but I do wonder why you don't seem to want to go home. Is it because of... I don't know why he wouldn't go home after giving his sister an ultimatum. Turning, I had to look at him. I needed to see his face. Cash reached out and linked our fingers together. First and foremost, it's because I like you, and I've loved getting to know you. And the other reason? I don't want to go back because I can't get what my sister said out of my head. When I go back to get a new change of clothes, I keep hearing the hate in her words echoing off the walls. How can my family hate me so much? Oh, Cash. Pulling him to my body, I hugged Cash to me and kissed his temple. I don't know, because I think you're one of the best people I know. After what you saw with your own eyes, how can you want to take me home to meet your parents? He asked, his hot breath against my neck. 
I was worried, but I didn't want to live with a lie as any part of my life. Not when this felt so great. I think once they get to know you, they'll see why I'm falling for you. And I figure if someday we have kids through a surrogate, my mom will love them all the same. Cash's eyes went wide. Wow! And here I thought you wanted to get rid of me and you've been... Planning our lives? I interrupted. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've been thinking about what it would look like. If you don't want kids or to go home with me, say so now. I want all those things with you, and I should have said something, but I thought we had more time before we had this talk. He laughed. I thought you needed more time. I don't need time, but maybe you do. Being with Cash these last two weeks had been utter bliss. I mean, does it bother you that I was with your sister for years? I feel sorry for you, but no, it doesn't bother me. How do you feel about me being her brother? Well, if we were going to be spending holidays and birthdays with her, it might make for some uncomfortable occasions, but I'd deal. I can be with you and not deal with her. I hate that you've lost your family, though. Me too, but I'm used to it. When I came out to my parents, the night before I was supposed to leave for college, I lost them. They even refused to pay for my education, so needless to say, I didn't get to go to an Ivy League school like Cammie did. Damn, that had to hurt. He pulled me closer. Are you sure you don't need more time? I'm willing to wait. I guess when you find the right one, you know, and you don't need time. Or at least that's how I'd felt. I'd never been more sure of what I wanted in my life. Now you're saying sweet nothings without buying me dinner? He laughed and then shook his head. Sorry, I'd resigned myself to the fact that it would take you at least six months to a year before you could get to where you are right now. I'm kind of blown away. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. Jordan, baby. Cash grabbed my chin between his thumb and forefinger. Sorry, I was deflecting with bad humor. He brushed his lips against mine. I love you, Jordan, and... I think you love me, too. I swallowed the lump in my throat. This was a lot to admit after only knowing him a couple of weeks. I do. I've never felt this way about another person in my life. You know, if you don't want to go back to your house, why don't you move in here? We can do it once we get back from visiting my parents. With your furniture, we can fill in some of the blank spaces in my sparse house. While I don't want to go back to my house, I don't want to force myself on you. There's no way in hell you're forcing yourself on me. If I didn't want you here, I wouldn't have asked. Taking his hand in mine, I asked, Now, what do you say? Yes, he laughed and smiled brightly. You know, I've been meaning to ask you how you've got a house this nice 
You haven't even been out of college for two years and you're already living in a half-million-dollar house. It was a house I would probably never be able to afford on my own if it weren't for my employer providing it, so I understood the reason for his question. I told you it was a job I couldn't refuse. Leo got the same treatment, only now he's making double what he did when he started. Leo had set me up with a damn fine job. Damn, it looks like I caught one fine catch, he smirked. Damn straight you did, but so did I. I grabbed his hand and linked our fingers together. Cash was everything I wanted in a partner. You're smart, treat me good, and you're hella sexy. His face turned serious, and I watched as his Adam's apple bobbed. What was making him so nervous? Do you really love me? Yes, I really do. I kissed him, sucking on his bottom lip, and then let it go. I know all of this is quick, but you are who I want, now and forever, if you'll have me. You're never getting rid of me. Not now, not ever. Epilogue Cash Five years later I swear, your mom is going to give herself a heart attack if she doesn't settle down. I laughed as I watched Maggie pace up and down the hospital hallway. Don't let her hear you say that, Jordan chuckled nervously. He sat beside me and I could feel the nervous hum coming off his body. Clamping my hand on his now bouncing knee, I rubbed my thumb over his skin just below the hem of his shorts. Are you ready for this? Is anyone ever truly ready to become a parent? Jordan brought his thumb up to his mouth and started to bite his thumbnail. I'm more than ready. We are both in a great place in our careers, and I know we're going to be amazing parents since we're great uncles to all our friends' kids. Jordan threw his head back, letting out a booming laugh. Spoiling our friends' kids is not going to be the same as our own. We'll have to live with them 24-7. Our kids were going to be spoiled if Maggie had anything to say about it. She was head over heels that she was about to be a grandmother. I was surprised that she hadn't tried to convince Bob to move from Diamond, Texas to Oasis. We won't let them be monsters, but we've worked hard for this moment. Leaning into him, I pressed my forehead to his and looked deep into his gray eyes. Let's enjoy it, and our baby. You're right. He nodded against me. When we decided we were finally ready to do this, I didn't think it would be so difficult to find a surrogate to work with or waiting for her to get pregnant. This has been the longest two years of my life. I ran my hand down his arm and smiled. Yeah, I swear if your mom could have carried our baby, she would have done it for us. Jordan's face screwed up, his lips curled up in a sneer. That's disgusting. His whole body shuddered. Let's not speak of that ever again. Deal, I snickered. We've made all our dreams come true. First, she got to plan our wedding, and now we're giving her a grandbaby.
She can't ask for anything else. Until she wants another grandchild, which better not be for another few years. He rubbed his hands over his legs. I swore they said we could go in soon, and we've been sitting out here for what feels like an hour. I looked down at my watch and then back up at my husband, who was more nervous than he was letting on. It's been 20 minutes. I stood and pulled Jordan up with me. Let's go for a quick walk and try to relax. He looked to the room the nurses took Stephanie, our surrogate, into. But what if they come out and say we can go in? Putting my arms around his shoulders, I started to pull him down the hall. We'll have someone text us and we'll rush back, but I think not staring at the door waiting for someone to come out will help. I'm sorry, he muttered. I'm more nervous than ever before. I didn't think it could get worse than not knowing how my parents would react to finding out we were seeing each other. And look how that turned out. I smiled down at him. They love me. They do, he affirmed, rubbing his thumb over my wedding ring. Almost as much as I love you. Stopping, I pushed Jordan by the shoulders into the wall. Looking both ways down the hall to make sure there was no one around, I gripped the side of his neck and angled his head as I leaned down and slipped my tongue into his waiting mouth. Lashing his tongue with mine, Jordan slipped one hand up the back of my shirt. His fingers dug into the flesh of my shoulders. Breaking the kiss, he rested his head on my shoulder. Thank you. You're the perfect distraction. Hey, if I didn't think we were ready for this step in our lives, I never would have agreed to any of this. He raised his lone, dark brow at me, and I knew exactly what he was thinking. No matter how much your mom begged. Jordan, Cash! Maggie shouted as she jogged down the hall. It's time, hurry! She said, running back the other way. Jordan gripped my hand in a death hold and proceeded to pull me back past the waiting room into the room Stephanie was in. This is it. He turned to look at me with a crooked smile spread across his handsome face. After today, we'll leave this hospital not as a couple, but as a family. He was right. Our nights of going out to restaurants and hanging out at the bar until closing on the weekends were over. We were going to be lucky if we got a solid night of sleep in the foreseeable future. I know, I smiled, knowing I probably looked like a crazy person. I was so excited. Let's go meet our daughter. I didn't expect all kinds of pandemonium to break loose the second we stepped inside, but that's what we walked into. Breathe, Stephanie, breathe, a nurse was saying as she stood by Stephanie's side. Did we miss it? Jordan shouted, rushing over to Stephanie's side. You got here just in time, Daddy, the nurse smiled over at him. Her labor is progressing rapidly. What does that mean? Jordan looked around the room frantically. One of the nurses looked to Jordan with a reassuring smile that I was sure she used on many of the dads who came through the maternity ward. You won't have to wait long until you meet your baby. Did you hear that? He looked at me like a kid on Christmas morning. I nodded, 
moving to the other side of Stephanie to hold her hand. You've made us the happiest people on the planet. Thank you for giving us our family. My eyes clouded over as I spoke. Stephanie's eyes filled with tears right before her face turned into one of pain. All right, Stephanie, I want you to give me a big push and this will all be over soon, the doctor said from between her legs. Jordan and I took Stephanie's hands and let her bear down on us as she gritted her teeth and pushed as hard as she could. She was one strong woman. I swear she was close to breaking my hand. That was great. One more push and the head will be out, the doctor instructed. I hadn't been nervous up until those words. I wasn't scared we'd be bad parents because we wanted this baby and already loved her with our hearts and souls. No, I was scared of something going wrong in these last few seconds. It didn't matter if we had the best doctors in the world. Shit happened. Stephanie let out one last cry of pain before slumping back in her bed, panting. The cry of our daughter rang out, and in that instant, nothing else existed. All of my problems faded away. Dr. Anthony placed our daughter on Stephanie's chest and looked back and forth between me and Jordan. Which one of you wants to cut the cord? We both moved forward, hands out for the scissors. I gripped them, and Jordan placed his hands over mine. We would do this together, like we did everything else since the moment we met. I looked into his eyes with the biggest smile of my life on my face as we cut the cord. Are you ready to hold your daughter? Stephanie asked. Jordan nodded, looking at me. He came around the bed to stand beside me. You first. I took the most beautiful baby in the world into my arms, just like we had learned in the parenting class we took. Her little head full of black hair fit perfectly in the crook of my elbow. Can you believe we made something so perfect? Not even a little bit, Jordan chuckled lightly putting his arm around my waist. Reaching out, he ran his thumb over her tiny foot that was sticking out of the blanket. Leaning down, I kissed the most important person in the world to me, besides my husband, on the forehead. Welcome to the world, River Rose Jensen. My life was complete. I'd found the love of my life, his family had become my family, and now we had started one of our own. I'd be forever thankful for the night Jordan stepped foot in my bar and then waited for me to get off work. If it wasn't for him, I'd be lonely with no family to call my own and a bitchy sister who hid how she felt about me in order to live off me rent-free. Now... I had what most people only dreamed of, the love of my life and a perfect family. This has been My Ex-Girlfriend's Brother by Harlow Lane, read for you by Scott Rose. 
Welcome back. Hey, lady listeners. Thanks for joining us. And thank you so much to Harlow for letting us play my ex-girlfriend's brother this week. Like I said before, don't forget to check out all of her stuff. And we're going to post everything on Instagram and Facebook. Join our Facebook group, Read Me Romance Headquarters. And up next week, drum roll, it's fucking Alexa (laughs) Riley. You guys are finally going to get Shy's story. I know. We've got Shy Virgin next week. We had a sort of a break week um, before Thanksgiving. And so we were like, oh, should we make it one week, two weeks? And so we had this book and we were like, you know what? Let's just play this before the week. It's two weeks before Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I think that's right. I don't fucking know. He's from the Crescent Grove series. Is that right? Shit. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> So you remember That's him right. being in there? He was like the surprise brother or yep. whatever, half brother. Mm-hmm. He's got his own story. Yep. So we we decided since it was a shorter story that we'd put it on the podcast and hopefully we'll have the book ready, just bundled and ready to go. But you can listen to it on the podcast for free next week. So come back. Listen to us. <laughs> we'll be here. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind, and read me romance, read, read me romance.